everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the So Good Podcast. We are so glad that you're jumping on today. Hey, I just want to take a minute to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast and spreading the word. We love hearing from you. We would love for you to leave a comment and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes and updates. And make sure you check out the show notes for some bonus content and a small group conversation guide. Well, today's podcast is the answer to the question that I get most often especially from young leaders. And the question is, what are some of the biggest mistakes you ever made as a young leader? And my answer is easy. When I look back, my biggest mistakes were the conversations that I didn't have. As a young leader, I did whatever I could to avoid conflict. I have this high value on relationships and unity and harmony. It's important to me. And I thought that conflict was the absence of unity. But what I have learned is that conflict and differences doesn't have to be the absence of unity. It can actually be our greatest opportunity for unity. And I believe that our ability to navigate and lead through conflict will greatly determine the health of our relationships and the strength of the teams that we lead. So today, Carissa Robinson, our Director of Sisterhood and Young Adults, is hosting this conversation with myself and with the amazing Lisa Duval. So today we're going to be unpacking some great tools to help us to build some leadership muscles in this area that is so vital and so important. So let's jump into today's episode. Well, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. We're so excited for today's episode. If I haven't got the chance to meet you yet, my name is Carissa, and I can't wait for this conversation because I'm with two of the best pastors in the world, but especially my world, especially my world, Pastor Julie Mullins and Pastor Lisa Duvall. Thanks for being here and embracing. Yeah, we're excited. Thank you for hosting this conversation. It's It's going to be be fun. Spicy. I love it. Spicy. I love that you guys are ready to embrace the conversation around conflict because it is so important and especially in this season i mean Mm -hmm. this has got to be for some the craziest season ever right christmas christmas season and before we get into conflict i think it'd be great to talk about christmas right christmas yeah it's about here we're like really close (laughs) it's really close i'd love to know if you guys have any fun christmas traditions well i have all practically all young adults i have a 17 year old so she poses as a young adult even though she's not technically and so we've established a new tradition over the last several years as we go to a lemongrass hot pot down in boca Mm -hmm. and it's a really special time that we're of course you it's almost like fondue in the thai world so you actually are working at your food. You have a lot of great conversation. Wow. allows for us to just kind of decompress, pull away from just the area we live in and mm-hmm. be together. And so it's something they look forward to every time. So I sent an invitation out this year. And I said, are y'all all ready uh. to smell like hot pot? Because <laughs> you do leave smelling a little a little fresh. Now, do you do this on Christmas Day or do you do it no, like right before? We do it before. Because it gets crazy, yeah, right? Ministry mm-hmm. Life I love um, it. makes moments mm-hmm. when you can get them. And yep. so, yeah. 
So, that. Carissa, you have a four-year-old, and I that do. looks a little different than a whole bunch of young adults. What does <laughs> that look like? <laughs> it does. It does look a little different. You know, we've got family everywhere, and so we've got to hit like four houses on mm-hmm. Christmas Day. It's a little crazy, so we take it slow in the morning, but then we hop in the car. You guys probably know this, screaming toddler in the back, but then you just make <laughs> your way through the town and stop right. at every family member's house, and it's a little crazy, but it's sweet, and, mm-hmm. and we love it. Yeah, I Pastor love Julie, that. Pastor Julie, what do you do? Well, okay. So being in ministry, like Lisa said, that Christmas is is like our really busy season, right? right? And so we tell our team all the time that Christmas isn't just one day, it's all month long. And we try to create memories along the way. But being young and in ministry, when Jefferson was just a toddler, we started this tradition. And this, this tradition actually started as merely a survival strategy, mm-hmm. okay? Because we were like you, we would get through all the Christmas Eve services and then we'd jump in our car on Christmas Day and hit four different houses. And literally on December 26th, we would be like cooked, right? And so we decided that we were going to start a new tradition. So we told Jefferson that December 26th is actually National Pajama Day. Yeah. And National Pajama Day <laughs> is this amazing. day when everybody is not, they're not even allowed to get out of their pajamas. And you have to stay in your pajamas all day. You eat leftovers, and then you watch Christmas movies. And I, like I said, survival strategy was our, you know, was was the whole plan here. And a couple years back when Jefferson first started dating Cassie, um, she said, she came up to me and just after they started dating, she goes, guess what? I'm coming to pajama day. And I'm like, I didn't even know it was a thing, first of all. And secondly, I'm checking out your pajamas before you come, <laughs> come over, on. right? Um, but but it's been, it's a thing. And when they were kids, and it still is. And I think some of our good friends have also adopted this, this, um, this holiday. And we have people drop by in their pajamas. And it's really fun. I love, love that. It. I love that. I think I might need to adopt that tradition <laughs> for myself. But I do love the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I know, Julie, you shared about a study recently you were looking at that showed more people struggle with anxiety and depression in this Christmas season more than any other time in the year. 59% of people said that this season is chaotic and they're actually just trying to get through it. And 47%, this is crazy, 47% of people wish that they could just skip past Christmas. Yeah, it's so sad. It's so sad. You know, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, but it's become the most stressful time. It's it's actually just the opposite of what it's been intended mm-hmm. to be. I love in Luke 2.14, the scripture says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. Mm-hmm. See, in a season, we're supposed to celebrate Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and there are so many things happening all around us that are fighting to take the peace that Jesus came to give us. And I think it's specifically true in relationships, Mm -hmm. and this is really the focus of today's conversation. We want to talk about something that we think is going to help you through the holidays, but I know for myself personally, as a leader, learning how to fight for peace in relationships and in the workplace and really all areas, it's, it's hard to do, but we want to have healthy relationships and conflict is inevitable. So we really Mm -hmm. have to get good at at facing conflict in a healthy way. So I'd love to talk further about this. Pastor Lisa, I know you're passionate about this. I know that that it's important to you. So I'd love to know why. Yeah. It makes me think when you positioned it that way, it made me think of what you say often, Pastor Julie, is conflict is an opportunity for unity. Mm -hmm. And relationships are very important to Jesus and, and they're important to our biblical perspective of life. And you know, in John 17, it's the day before he's going to die and his prayer 
talks about may they be one Mm -hmm. as you and I are one. And that's how we're known to be believers. That's how we're known to be disciples is how we are unified, how we live in peace with one another. And so I love that that was the focus of his prayer. And then Paul in Ephesians 4 talks about this too. His ministry life is wrapping up. A lot of it is done. And he has this instruction for the disciples of how to, because he's already faced a lot of conflict. Mm -hmm. Come on, has anyone faced more conflict than Paul? (laughs) And so I'd love to hear and see, but Mm -hmm. he, he has wisdom in this area and he's practically giving advice around this. And I love this verse. I'm a practical girl, mm-hmm. and I know our life and, and as disciples isn't a checklist, right. but I do love to measure how am I doing in yeah. this area. And I love that this verse in uh, Ephesians 4, the second and third verse, it says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of spirit through the bond mm-hmm. of peace. Those words... If I, if I think about as I'm navigating conflict, whether it's a family member, a co-worker, a friend, am I humble? Hmm. Am I gentle? On a scale of 1 to 10, how am I in this? Am I patient? Am wow. I bearing with one another in love? Am I making every effort? And that bond of peace is really a challenge for us that each individual, we have to work together to bring about wholeness. Hmm. This is what I know. Unity can't exist where these qualities don't exist. Mm. Wow. That's great. Yeah. So if it isn't, it's it's fake. It's fake mm-hmm. unity. Yeah. And so I want to be a carrier of real mm-hmm. deep forged unity because I know conflict provides that opportunity. And right. I don't know about you ladies and <laughs> listeners, but when I have pressed through conflict, I feel like my friendships are deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like my relationships are deeper. I feel like we've mm-hmm. been vulnerable and we've gone through something tough and tension brings yeah. about growth. And mm-hmm. so I think Jesus cares a lot about relationships. That's why I think this is very important. And I think that we need to figure out how to do this well. Yeah. So we can model right. and do what Jesus' prayer. Right. Is yeah. right. We will be known yeah. as his disciples yeah. by the way we do this. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of important. I love that. Yeah. I know that we can be an answer to Jesus' prayer. I mean, I just think that is Come so on. profound. Crazy. Like, I love that, Lisa. So good. And, you know, you mentioned Ephesians 4 3. It says, make every effort. Mm-hmm. And in the original Greek, every effort means. Every effort, right? That's a lot so, of effort. <laughs> that's a lot of effort. But there's another version that says, you know, to make every effort to defend the unity, to mm-hmm. fight for the mm-hmm. unity. And, you know, unity, this is a big deal to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, yeah. if he's talking about it the night before he's going to the cross. But when you think about it, when Jesus was getting ready to leave the earth and he was actually passing on his mission to his people that no longer would the presence of God be housed in one nation, but it would be distributed into a holy nation, his mm-hmm. people, that we would become the spiritual kingdom, the the body of Christ, the living, breathing body of Christ here on earth, right? And when you think about this, this had never existed before. So the Word of God is so good to us to give us these beautiful pictures of what Jesus is talking about here, that when He left, He established His church, His people, right? Mm-hmm. That's us. And so um, and, and the, the Word of God is so good to give us these Word pictures because I think that that God wanted us to know what it was supposed to look like. And right, you think yeah. about what, how does God describe His church in the mm-hmm. Word of God? It's a body. Right. Mm-hmm. Many different parts, but one function. 
it's a, the bride of Christ. You know, a bride cannot exist without a bridegroom, right? That there are two separate, very different parts that become one, mm. that we're a family, many, many members, but all one family. And this whole concept of unity is the idea of, of the, that this diversity, mm. lots of different races, you know, different cultures, different personalities all coming together to it's be beautiful. one. And that's what we get to be. So this is what we're fighting for, mm-hmm. is that we would be the living, breathing body of Christ, that we would not be a dismembered body, that we would not be a disjointed right. body, but that we would actually function to be able to carry out His mission. And so this is paramount, right? So yeah. learning how to deal with, you know, with disconnection in the body, with disjointed members of the body, mm-hmm. you know, we this is we have to learn how to deal with this this is kind of core to and central to our function as believers in Jesus i think about psalm 133 it says behold how good and pleasant mm-hmm. it is for brothers to dwell in unity and at the very end of that psalm it says it's there that the lord commands his blessing right it's vital it's important for our function but it's also the place where god's blessing is I when we are it. unified I love that. I love it. Conflict is an opportunity for unity. And Mm -hmm. Pastor Julie, I love when you share the story about you and Pastor Todd's first fight. (laughs) This one, I mean, because nothing like early on in marriage to face face your face conflict and and learn how to be unified. and we did because, like, we yeah. had dated off and on since the seventh grade, right? <laughs> and so, when we had gotten married, I know this is really hard to believe. We had never actually had a fight because oh. we dated off and on. But even when we broke up, it was like, oh, let's still be friends, and we stayed friends. And we were like, I'm going to release you to go find God's will. And so there was just this, like, you know, this a little bit of distance, you know. Um, but we, when we got engaged, we were engaged for 18 months, and we lived separately. Todd was in school in the Midwest. I was here in school in college in Florida. And so um, we had never actually had like an, an opportunity, right, to fight. And so, um, so when we went on our honeymoon, um, I was just shocked. On within a few days of our honeymoon, we were coming out of a parking garage in Charleston, South Carolina, and I didn't notice, right, because I was a little bit clueless, and I was putting on my lipstick in the mirror. I didn't notice that there was a whole line of cars behind us, and they had started honking, and I didn't really recognize that Todd was frantically looking for something, and he looks over at me, and he says, will you help me find the ticket? And in this, like, demonic, guttural <laughs> voice, and I'm like, where did this come from, right? I was thinking, who did did I marry? And I thought everything, like at that moment, I was just like devastated. My eyes welled up with tears. And I was like, what did I just do? And who did I just marry that this demonic voice would be coming forth? (laughs) And so at that moment, no exaggeration here. No, none, none. I'm so glad he's not here. So he has a whole (laughs) different side of the story. But um, but as, as I sat there, I just, you know, I was like, I shut down. Like I was like, I went silent, I went quiet, and this was something new <laughs> that Todd had not experienced either, my silence and my quietness. And um, and I think because of my background, where in my family, I just, I was afraid of conflict. And I had seen what conflict had done with my parents early on, and they had gotten divorced, and I thought that that if I were to, to fight, that something bad was going to happen, mm-hmm. right? And so I just, I shut down, and honestly, this was my pattern early on 
on in our marriage and also early on in my leadership that when something, when, when a conflict would arise and there was an opportunity to fight or fight back, I would go quiet. Mm-hmm. And so the truth is I actually thought that I was doing the spiritual thing. Like I thought when the word of God said, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. I thought if there was a picture Bible that my picture <laughs> would be right there. Like this is the picture of a peacemaker. Julie. <laughs> and so, and what I didn't realize was that I was not being a peacemaker. I was actually a peace faker mm. because I was faking peace. I thought if I was just quiet long enough, that that things would just kind of you know fall by the wayside. But what was happening over time is that things were actually building up inside, and I was starting to carry resentment and carry grudges, and I wasn't giving our relationship mm. an opportunity for us to be able to grow. Yeah. We were our, our our relationship was stunted in our growth. I wasn't giving him the opportunity to say I'm sorry, which I'm sure he <laughs> wanted to, and I wasn't I wasn't giving our relationship and and in my leadership, I wasn't allowing opportunity for conversation. That would that would help be able to move a relationship forward, and so I think this is, happens a lot of times in relationships. There's there's two kinds of people in a relationship. There are fighters, and there are fleers, right? Mm. And so I was a fleer, and Todd was a fighter. And so my fleeing kind of manifests itself in an unhealthy way was that conflict didn't get resolved and our relationship didn't get stronger because I would stuff and I would go quiet. I know all of you listeners out there, some of you are fighters and fleers. So I just have a question. Lisa, Mm -hmm. are you a fighter or a fleer? Against my Enneagram 2 I am actually a fighter. This is where I depart from Enneagram because, but I say it's because people are so my jam. I Mm -hmm. cannot not be at peace with people. So I am a fighter. However, I will say there when when the stakes are high and emotions are really high, I will flee. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I may be, but I, I would say I'm a fighter. You're a fighter. Okay. Krista. Yeah, this one's easy. I'm a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fighter. You guys know that. So I'm alone in my fleeing nature. I think yeah. there's a few others in the room that might be like me. But you know, I already told you my unhealthiness, so I'd like for you to share yours because fighters also need to learn how to navigate conflict in a biblical way. So what are some of the risks and some of the mistakes maybe you've made as a fighter, Lisa? I would say, I would especially say, this is where my Enneagram 2 comes back, is that I'm very sensitive. So I feel like I need to address every single Mm -hmm. offense or every single feel that I have. And so I've had to establish Mm -hmm. that I, I need to get over offenses easily mm-hmm. and if so i have a 24-hour rule mm-hmm. if i'm not over it in 24 hours i consider should i have a conversation right. about this but not every <laughs> feeling lisa has needs to be addressed so i can that's over awesome. communicate every single feel yeah i think that's so good i think i have that tendency too to over address things that maybe i just need to extend forgiveness mm-hmm. and 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 grace mm-hmm. too and not have to address every little problem yeah. And I think also for me as a fighter, I sometimes get more concerned about winning than mm-hmm. peacemaking. Mm-hmm. And and my goal is to win the fight rather yeah. than uh, win the yeah. relationship. And yeah. so that's that's definitely that's the good. unhealthy side of mm-hmm. the fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's important, you know, to learn how to fight right for the mm-hmm. fighter and yeah. the fleer, right. you know, is to learn how to fight right and fight instead of fighting against each other, learning how to fight for the relationship. Because yeah, that's what we're it. talking about. Right. At the end of the day, we're talking about restoring relationships to be healthy and yeah. whole and strong. And so um, this is this is so important. I love what you guys said too, both of you said about just overlooking minor offenses, yeah. 
But, you know, for Todd, I think one of the things he's learned, and again, he's not here to defend himself, <laughs> but, um, you know, again, I I would flee and not talk at all. So I was an under talker. And sometimes he would say some things that he later regretted. Yeah. And whether you're a fighter or you're a fleer, you know, you have to learn. And so speaking hurtful, harmful words, right, is another way that can, you know, that, that is an unhealthy, unproductive way mm-hmm. to manage conflict. And so I think it's important to know yourself, but also know the people that you're in relationship mm-hmm. with to yeah. understand even more, you know, to be able to put yourself in their shoes and understand to be able to create create a common ground when you're starting to fight so for good. relationships. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. And I love, Pastor Julie, that you mentioned just that this was kind of a struggle for you at the beginning of yeah. your leadership journey mm-hmm. and marriage journey, really, in right. all areas mm-hmm. of your life. But now, I mean, it's inevitable. You're leading such a large staff team and so much of your job mm-hmm. is really important embracing and navigating conflict. So mm-hmm. I'd love to know how you've gone from being a peacemaker yeah. <laughs> to being a peacemaker. To, to being a right? peacemaker. To being a peacemaker. Well, it is as a peacemaker, I think it's important to know too that you you have to be about making peace. See, this yeah. is what Jesus did, right? He came to make peace and God always moves in the direction of conflict mm-hmm. to restore a relationship. Mm-hmm. And again, this is part of our role as believers that that we make peace, that we move in the direction of of conflict. And I think I just didn't know this early on. I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I think it's also important to know that it's not about peacekeeping. We don't just keep the peace. I thought if I just kept everything, mm-hmm. you know, low key and and everything looking okay on the surface, that I was going to keep the peace. We're not called to be peacekeepers. We're called to be peacemakers. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I had to figure out a way that a, a pathway that I could grasp onto, that I could hold onto, give myself handlebars mm-hmm. so that when conflict came that I was actually prepared. So I had to prepare a pathway. And so I had to have some tools that were that were accessible to me. And so for me, I established something early on called the ABCs of conflict. And this is what I think of because honestly, guys, to this day, this is not something that I am naturally gifted at or good at. And so it takes effort on my part and intentionality. So I, I created something called the ABCs that, that every time I enter into conflict, I can access my ABCs. Mm. And so I'm going to talk about the A. The first one is when I enter into a conflict, when I have to have a hard conversation, I have to accept my responsibility as a peacemaker. That if I'm in a relationship and there is conflict, that no matter if I think it's my fault or not, right, I might be 98% right and and 2% wrong. I need to take 100% 100% responsibility for my 2%, wow. right? 100% responsibility for my 2%. And this this means that, you know, when the scripture talks about if you're going to go make a sacrifice at the altar and you know that your brother has an offense against you to leave your sacrifice and go find your brother, it doesn't say that if you have something against your brother to go to them. It says if you know that someone has something against you, that someone may be harboring an offense against you, you have to go to them. That is hard yes. because there have been times when it's like, I can't even imagine how I offended them, but I'm picking up on a vibe. So it's actually my responsibility to move in the direction of establishing and reestablishing a relationship. So this is part of our calling that we want to make sure that we step into this and this is what we're about. So I accept the responsibility in this and I accept 100% responsibility by my 2% and I accept my responsibility that I am going to make the first move. 
Yeah. You know, when you say go to, I it made me think we need to be equipped to go to. Yeah. We need to know mm-hmm. how. We yes. have tools to go to. Pastor, sometimes that's hard, right? It is hard. Yeah. Pastor Jimmy talked about this being peace takers. <laughs> right. So, yeah, in the weekend message. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. He did. He, he, it's like, Pastor Julie, I forgive you because you offended me. That is not a great tool of <laughs> making peace. And so I always, it's a go-to tool for me in lots of areas, but it's two simple words, mm-hmm. intent and impact. Mm-hmm. Because how we say what we say is just as important as what we say. Mm -hmm. So intent and impact. So for example, I would go, um, Susie Bob, you know, she's my girl who always is up to stuff. (laughs) Love Susie. I know know you didn't intend Mm -hmm. to leave me out of the party. Mm -hmm. But when I saw all the pictures on social media that everyone was there at your party, Mm -hmm. it impacted me as if you didn't want to invite me, you know? Yeah. So, so I, mm-hmm. I, I know you wouldn't intend to do that, yeah. but how it impacted me was this way. Mm-hmm. And so this is my effort to go, I, I'm tooled with these two words mm-hmm. because it removes defenses and it allows me to speak what, what how something mm-hmm. hit me without being accusatory mm-hmm. or, as Pastor Jimmy said, is going, yeah. you know what? You really offended me and I forgave mm-hmm. you. And you're like, what did I do? Yeah, That is peace taking, not yeah. peacemaking. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to, whenever you are the one making the first move, you know, it's important to go with the right motive. It's mm-hmm. like you go for the relationship mm-hmm. or don't go at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's not an excuse to not go. That's actually an excuse to get your heart in the right, mm-hmm. a, 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 a reason to get your heart in the right place. It's like you're called to be a peacemaker, accept your responsibility, mm-hmm. but you need to go with the motive of reestablishing that relationship. And if you can't go for that reason, and like you said, you know, Carissa, you said about there's just some things that aren't worth fighting for. It's mm-hmm. like there's you if you can't go for that reason for the relationship, then maybe it's either something you need to overlook or you need to get in the place where mm-hmm. you can because that's our responsibility. Right. And I love I've used that, Lisa, and I learned that from you about intent and impact and and what it does. It like you said, it actually just takes some takes the defensive out mm-hmm. of it because you're, you're going, hey, you know, I believe the best in you. And that's really the B of the mm-hmm. ABCs yeah. that that I actually believe the best in you. I believe that your intentions are good. Mm-hmm. But what you said impacted me this way. And I know you would never want to do that. And especially in close relationships, mm-hmm. I think this is really important because it's really easy to attack, you know, mm-hmm. their behavior and assume that that was their intention, right? That's attack right. And, and cling on to the words that were hurt that hurt you and assume that that was their intention. Mm-hmm. And so many times, I mean, how many times has this happened, you know, where someone's intent was way different. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that's, again, that's what I learned. I carried around things for many years thinking that someone meant to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And when I learned right. to kind of go to that, not kind mm-hmm. of, but to go to that person right. and find out what, you know, again, what, what was the intent, then it just released, it just releases so much. And, you know, and that's why you make the first move. Cause first of all, you want to release somebody else from something mm-hmm. they're carrying, you know, against you, but you also want to, be able to understand and and yeah. really it's an opportunity to put somebody else's mm-hmm. um, needs somebody else's personality and mm-hmm. and their their ways above your own and yeah. so love them like like Jesus loves them and so I remember when um, when I was first when I first stepped on team here at the church I was actually working in children's ministry and I was sending out emails and I hadn't really this was several years ago so I wasn't like using email a lot at that time I was coming right out of being at home with Jefferson and um, and I remember one of the team members came up to me and said, are you mad at me? 
And I was like, why would you think I'm mad at you? And they said, well, you sent me an email and it was all capital letters. Oh, and God. I was like, no, I just didn't realize my caps lock was on. So I, but there, but again, I'm so glad they said something because there was an assumption with our team because it was actually a group email mm-hmm. that I had actually, you know, I was mad at people. And I, I think about the times when I've read emails the wrong way. Oh my goodness. Do not try to resolve conflict over text or over email. You said, go, go to them personally. Personally, and, right? And so, face to face. And yeah. face to face, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love that idea of believe when you believe the best and you go to mm-hmm. with that, you're yeah. also saying, I believe the best in you, but also yeah. believe the best in us. Mm-hmm. And right. most of the time, it is true. There's something that we're believing that isn't true. Yeah. That we're like building a whole case in our mm-hmm. mind that mm-hmm. this is what it is of all the caps. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I've made mm-hmm. some technical, you know, my <laughs> life with technology is pretty hysterical. And so I've made some assumptions and people have probably made some assumptions about me and my technology <laughs> mm-hmm. anyone want to know anyone want to know my biggest faux pas <laughs> tell us yeah 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 <laughs> so when facebook first came out i didn't know that poking was like public i thought it was private and so i poked <laughs> my husband and i was gave him a little fun little marriage message marriage message, <laughs> marriage message. Oh, spicy yeah. marriage message <laughs> that's right and then i didn't know that mm-hmm. the whole world could see it and mm-hmm. so i'm sure i don't know what people's assumption was <laughs> yes, about me yes. and then i actually assumed that it was private and mm. it wasn't private so you know have grace for people yeah, don't make right. assumptions go to them like lisa why in the world would you be sending that message yeah. to your husband i'm like well because i love him and i thought it was private <laughs> so, so for more marriage advice and tips like this yeah, yeah. you can follow lisa and james on the art of spousing <laughs> on social media and follow their podcast because yeah i don't let her get as spicy on this one well, as she's allowed to get a on. shameless plug there that's there great. you go that's, that's awesome, awesome. um so it. believing the best i think also means that we're going to speak the best mm, you know yeah. that we're going to speak the best about people people. And um, we say a lot around here on our team that we want to put a, a 10 on people's forehead, that we look at them and we go, you know, a, out of a zero to 10, scale of one to 10, you are a 10. And I'm going to believe the best about you, but I'm also going to speak the best about you. Yeah. And whether you're, you know, whether whether we're having a, a conversation face-to-face or whether we're having a conversation that we have to have um, maybe about the situation, because we say, you know, um, a, a lot of times you've heard us say that, that if you're you're not part of the problem, you're not part of the solution, and you're talking about it, it's mm, gossip. Right. And a lot of times in conflict, it's really easy to bring other people into the conflict. And I think it's really important to keep the circle small of just the people that are part of the problem or part of the solution. Right. But the truth is, a lot of you out there, you know, you might be working on a, a team like I am, where there are times when I'm part of the solution, and I do have to have conversations about people, maybe about their job performance, or maybe about a, an issue on our team. Something about our values that that have been violated, and there are times, and you might be an HR, you might be a team leader, or even a mom who's yes. having to navigate, you know, situations with their kids, right? Right. And so, and other moms, yeah, so you're navigating with your kids and your kids' friends and moms, and so you're part of this. You have to have these conversations. You have to have these conversations, and that that kid might not be in the room. And mm-hmm. I think one practice that I adopted 
several years ago was when I realized this was happening more and more often is that I want to make sure that when I am talking about someone and we're trying to resolve a conflict and they're not in the room, I always either have an empty chair or picture an empty chair. And I picture that person Mm -hmm. in that chair. And I think, wow, if that person was in here in this room hearing this conversation and they were in a healthier place right now, Mm -hmm. would they know that they are loved? Would they know mm. that we are speaking on with their best interest in mind? And I think this is so important for us, again, as believers, as we talk about situations and about conflict, that we always picture the person in the empty mm-hmm. chair so that they know that people that are having to navigate this conflict, that they can be trusted. Yeah. And I think it also sends a message to the other people in the room mm-hmm. that, man, I know that if if someone ever has to have a conversation about me, that it's going to be done with respect and with right. honor. Well, you guys, you and Pastor Todd and Pastor Tom and Miss Donna have led in this way for so many years, okay. and it actually builds confidence mm-hmm. in relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're actually, we don't, it's, it's building and building unity inside out. Mm-hmm. And so you're fighting for unity, but right. you're also building it because I actually would know if there were a situation that I was a part of the conversation that I would be honored. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot yeah. of confidence, which I think builds peace, mm-hmm. builds mm-hmm. unity, yeah. even if there is conflict, that it's yeah. all going to work out okay. So I if I get it. a message from you, it says, mm-hmm. hey, Lisa, I need to talk to you about something. Yeah. I don't get scared. Yeah. I, I am yeah. scared. I'm <laughs> I, I walk in there with confidence. You're believing the best. I'm believing the yeah. best. But mm-hmm. even if it was mm-hmm. something, yeah. I know that it's going to be with honor and yeah. care for me. Mm-hmm. So I think it just builds into the body mm-hmm. of strength mm-hmm. and unity with us. And um, I love it. So thank well, you for I, leading that way. I, I love what you said. It's, it's about honor. Believing mm-hmm. the best is about yeah. honoring right. people. Mm-hmm. And we want to honor everyone that God's entrusted us to have a relationship with. So yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes it easier for people to believe the best about you when you speak the best mm-hmm. about other people. That's right. Come so good. So Come on. If, yeah. It's not just a challenge for mm-hmm. us, but also we can build trust with people to believe the best about us when we're living with honor and integrity when we're when we're around yeah, them. I love, I love that. I love it. Well, we've got to accept responsibility. We talked about the A. We've talked about the B, which is believing the best. So what's the C? Okay, what's the C? The C is communicate. And when I say communicate, I mean quickly, kindly, Ongoingly, So communicate, 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 mm-hmm. because sometimes re, um, things can't be resolved in one conversation. And so a relationship is really an ongoing conversation. Yeah. So it's so important that we communicate. Yeah. I love um, Peacemaker, which mm-hmm. is a Ken Sand book. Um, mm-hmm. It's a go-to. I think Pastor Julie and I yes. uh, dove into this book probably 12 yes. years ago. Mm-hmm. It is highlighted, um, marked up in a reference. It's a reference. Yes. I pull it out every time I have to have a conversation. That's that's right. Mm-hmm. One of the tools in there that I think is fascinating for me and is a go-to tool like intent and impact is around three words because I feel like it helps shape language mm-hmm. because sometimes it may be in the moment, it may be at the Christmas dinner table that I have to process this fast, that these three words help shape my tone, mm-hmm. my words, and mm-hmm. what I'm really aiming for. Which So the three words are this, issue, position, and interest. Mm. What's the issue? Sometimes I say problem because I like the PP and yeah, <laughs> that problem, <laughs> position issue. So here's my example that's going to help. It's a very simple example, but you need to apply it to more complex mm-hmm. situations that we encounter politically and all kinds of things like that. So is my issue when I first was married, the problem was James left the toilet lid up. 
so when I would go to the bathroom <laughs> in the right. middle of the night, I got booty baptism. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Which then caused me to yeah. get loud. And like, mm. because if anybody's half asleep and your bottom goes in water, True story. you're going to wake up mm-hmm. and you're going to say stuff. <laughs> True story. Yes. So mm-hmm. then his position is you can see with your own eyeballs that the lid is up. You put it down. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you were there last. Mm-hmm. It's your responsibility. And you were actually facing in the direction of the toilet. Come on, somebody. (laughs) This is getting crazy. I needed you. I needed you. (laughs) That's right. Okay. My eyes aren't looking that way. (laughs) (laughs) I wished I had you as a friend back then. Because we could, yeah. Back to position. Back to position. position. So that was his position. The problem, (laughs) booty baptism, position. He thought I should do something. But the interest is where we should speak to. Mm -hmm. What's the interest? The interest is, is that we are going to live at peace, that I'm not going to scream in the middle of the night, that I, that you both want that. We both want that. We both want to, we actually, in our young marriage, we're excited about living together Mm -hmm. for the Mm -hmm. first time. This was fun. It was a lot of fun to figure these things out. And so Mm -hmm. he's like eager to prefer me and I was wanting to prefer him. And so I think the thing is really, it's a very funny illustration, but very true when we're speaking about things that are politically charged mm-hmm. or uh, culturally different or as families like mine are coming in together that I'm bringing in young adults that have that come from different families, different backgrounds, mm-hmm. that I am – what is the mutual interest that I want to speak to? Is it supporting that or am I speaking to the problem right. and or my position? And I love it. Dale Carnegie says it this way. You can collect more honey if you do not kick the bee's nest. Come mm-hmm. on. The beehive. Yeah. yeah. So I just think it's so true. It's like, why would we kick it mm-hmm. and just stir up something mm-hmm. and get stung at, the, at Christmas dinner? Yeah. <laughs> when we could actually speak to common ground or yeah. look for, be slow to speak and look mm-hmm. for common ground. I love that. That's great. Mm-hmm. So, so good. good. I don't know that I've ever solved a problem kicking and screaming, right? Like, I don't know that we've right. ever solved a a problem like yeah, that. I yeah, love it. Does yeah. not. Will you listen to Nyla? What do you do when she kicks and screams? Does she win when she does that? She, mm-hmm. No, she does not. I no. have seen <laughs> it. In fact, mm-hmm. it is true. Carissa, mm-hmm. you're a fantastic mom. And there she you. didn't oh, win. You. She did not get the treat because mm-hmm. of her. That's because I wasn't there. If I'd yeah, have been there, I'd have been giving her treats. I was supporting her <laughs> 100. Speaking of treats, Pastor Julie, when we talk about conflict, you bring up Snickers bars, mm-hmm. Snickers bars, elephants, and quarters. What yes. Does any of this have to do yes. with okay. conflict? So when I told you that whole story about when Todd and I first got married, I was young in ministry. Yeah. I actually thought that if you were in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right things, that conflict could actually be avoided. Right. right. That I could avoid conflict. And that was my goal. I was going to avoid conflict at any cost. And what I found was that in church world, in church leadership, a lot of times there's this same myth that people think that if they're in the right place, I'm in the house of God, and we're doing the right things. We're loving God, serving people with the right people. Oh, you're my brother. You're my sister. You know, And doing all the right things that somehow they think that conflict can be avoided. And they're, they're surprised, I think, especially in the body of Christ, right, and serving together. And even in Christian marriages and Christian families, you're just surprised when conflict comes because you're just thinking, hey, I can get ahead of this, right? But what I realize, it's such a myth because conflict is going to happen. Right. It's going to be, we're in a spiritual battle, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have to fight, right? We have a spiritual enemy. We're also, just diversity in personalities and cultural diversity is just going to, it's just going to happen. And yeah. so I think it's important to normalize 
conflict. Mm -hmm. And so this is one of the things that we've tried to do on our team around here is just to make conflict normal so that people aren't scared of it. I thought that if if I got into a fight that the marriage was over, you know, that unity was, you know, was lost. And I have a high value on unity and harmony. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, I don't want the relationship to tank. But what I found was, is I needed help being able to at least start the conversation. And so do a lot of people, right? A lot of fighters need it because they need to know how to gently enter into a conversation and fleers need it to just start the conversation. And so we came up with a few tools and one of them is around our staff, we we have a lot of conversations about Snickers bars, right? And I don't know if you've ever seen the old commercial, YouTube it if you haven't, but it's this Marsha Brady commercial that, that Marsha Brady is talking to her parents, but she doesn't look like Marsha Brady. She looks like this big, burly motorcycle guy. And she's having this conversation with her parents. And it's just all of a sudden the parents are like, you know what? You are just not yourself. You need a Snickers bar. So she takes this bite of a Snickers bar and then she miraculously turns back into Marsha <laughs> Brady, right? The tagline is, is that you're not yourself when yeah. you're hungry. So if you eat a Snickers bar, then you're going to be yourself. Well, we know that sometimes that we have to approach a conversation. We recognize if we're going to judge them by their intent, you know, and not just how it impacted that, that we just, we, we kind of believe the best and go, hey, I know that, that you just weren't yourself yesterday in that meeting, you know, when, when you were a little abrupt and it kind of hurt my feelings when you said this, or I know you didn't mean to not invite me to, you know, to that, that, that party that you were having. And so there's, we have Snickers bars. And so when someone comes into a room and they have a Snickers bar with them, that you know that it's kind of a actually a lighthearted way. We've wanted to add levity, a lighthearted way just to start the conversation. Yeah. So you might be getting a snack size Snickers bar, right? So <laughs> that means something one. really minor. One what? of those three foot Snickers bars. The bar. three foot Snickers <laughs> oh, bar means, you know, that's not yeah, funny. it's not funny. No. So that has shown up at our house before, but I keep it in my office, but we just, but you never know, you know, so it's like, it just is a light way. And so it's actually helped a lot because Mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, you know what? We're just going to have a conversation. I just want you, I'm not mad or upset, Mm -hmm. but we just need to clear this up. You know, Pastor Um, Julie, I also think it makes it, it allows you to know I'm trying. Yes. I'm not really good at this or I'm not used to doing this, but hopefully you'll have grace that if I come to you with the snicker bar, Pastor Carissa, Mm -hmm. that you would be like, Mm -hmm. I know she's trying to yes. fight for us. Yes. And yes. fight for unity That's and right. the best in us. And That's so it helps. That's so good. Yeah, it does. I love that. Yeah. It's just like, and it is. It's like, I know they made an effort. You know, it would be also not unusual to come into a, a meeting and there might be an elephant on the on the team table. And that means there's an elephant in the room. And we need to address the elephant in the room, right? Um, but, you know, you, you mentioned that, Lisa, that someone making an effort, when someone does make an effort, you know, that we need to honor their effort, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. a lot of times it's not fun being on the receiving end of a Snickers bar. I'm telling you, I've been on the receiving end of a few, but it's also lightened the conversation. But at the end of the conversation, I also, this is where we have Snickers bars, elephants, and I also talk about quarters. And quarters are money, right? And so when someone is brave enough to come and have a conversation with me and and be able to to risk, you know, just what they're, they're they're being vulnerable in that mm-hmm. moment and be able to give a piece of feedback that there's no other way I would have gotten it, then that's actually a really valuable piece of information. And so I've started um, the this whole thing about having a roll of quarters in my desk because I'm like, hey, when someone is brave enough to have that conversation, I want them to know that they're valuable, that what they said was valuable, 
I may not agree with everything, but what they said is valuable. And I would not have known what they were feeling or thinking had they not made that Mm. effort. So I pull out a quarter. I'm like, I just want you to know that that piece of feedback was money Mm -hmm. and you are valuable and I value our relationship. So Snickers, elephants and quarters are just a few tools that we use just to kind of, you know, just seal the deal and just make it a little bit easier and normal. Yeah, I love that. Conflict is money because it's an mm-hmm, opportunity yeah. for unity. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, this is hard for so many of us, but but the ABCs, mm-hmm. they can help yep. us. Yeah. We can accept responsibility. We can believe the best in people and we can communicate. I love it. Quickly, kindly, and ongoingly. Yeah, this is so important for our relationships, for our workplace, for really any area of our life because mm-hmm. they're conflict's inevitable, right? Right. But Mm -hmm. it can actually be an opportunity to strengthen and deepen relationships. This conversation has been so good. So good. But it's sad. I know. This this is is the the end of the season. episode of the season. Yes. But what a way to end. Yeah. Us. Look at us. Look at us. us. Together. Together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm excited because we are going to be kicking off season five at the start of the year. Pastor Julie, I'd love for you to give the girls just a tease, a little idea. Just a little idea. Super excited. We're going to be launching the first Monday in February, our season five. And it's going to be about the power of testimony, right? In Revelation, it says that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And we just really believe there is power in sharing the God story that God has brought you through. Some of you have healing testimonies and salvation testimonies and freedom testimonies and just testimonies of our purpose and calling. And so we're going to be interviewing some very special guests. We're going to have Lisa Harper with us in season five. Donna Pisani is going to be coming back. And we have a few really great surprises, plus some girls on our own sisterhood team that you're going to be hearing some very profound testimony. And here's what I love about the word testimony. It's rooted in the Hebrew word that actually means God's going to do it again. And so when we hear someone else's testimony, it actually fuels our faith that God, if God did it for them, He's going to do it again. And so I really believe that this is going to be a very rich season, and we're going to be just stronger, stronger as a sisterhood. And this that's going to lead us right up to our sisterhood night in May that we're really excited about. And so it's going to be an incredible season. And you know what the other thing is, Krista, is that watch us on social media and as we launch into this season because we're going to be asking for some of your stories some of your testimonies we want to share your god story i call it a theography right you've heard of a biography and that's a a story about a person a theography is actually your god story and we want to hear all about your god story so it's going to be an amazing season together i cannot wait to hear some of your testimonies but for now happy new year and we will see you in february We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, SoGoodSisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.